Welcome to Wrestling with the Angel podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Perez. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about belief in the supernatural and how has that been one of the things that I struggle the most in my walk of faith. My background when it comes to belief, aside from my upbringing in Catholicism, which simply was, you know, something that I acquired. And at the time, I simply saw it as, you know, God is everywhere. I accept that and I don't really ask questions about it. Um, was would be in Judaism. That's the time that I've made a conscious decision, a personal decision in order to, to believe in God and to engage um, and connect with him. So certainly Judaism provided me a lot of connection. And that connection to me came in the form of academic um, studying. Judaism is very much based around um, studying books. Um, Jews are called the people of the book for a reason. Um, and I'm not necessarily only talking about the fact that you know we have the Torah, but also the fact that a lot of the rabbinic wisdom that has been gathered through the through the centuries has been collected and preserved in book format. You have the Talmud, you have the Mishnah, you have the Midrash, and you have the countless books and responsa and so on and so on that have been written of the centuries. Very much a a, a religion, a faith that is based around academic learning. Rabbis train in schools, they are taught how to have conversations, engagement, research, very much, like I said, academic based. And at the time that I got into Judaism, I had just finished my own degree in, in English. I have a BA in English. So certainly the idea of applying all the skills that I had learned in my schooling and research and uh, analyzing literature texts, I got to use all of those. And whenever I had a chance to um, study the Torah or study the the text, and and I remember that at this time one of the fondest memories that I have was that every Saturday we would go, every Shabbat we would go and do the prayers, and you know we'd do our, our prayers for the morning, and then we have lunch, and then we would spend the entire afternoon, especially during the long summer months, we'd spend the afternoon uh, just studying. We would look at the Torah section for the for the week. We would look at the midrash. We would look at you know passages from the Talmud, and teacher that the teacher would teach about it, and we would just have a conversation and just kind of tease out the, the text and what we thought about it. It was it was great for me actually. It was quite if I say heavenly in a way that I I don't exaggerate. It was actually just like my particular favorite way of engaging with with God. And a lot of the, the way that I found to engage and grow and really connect with my faith at that time was through the study of academic test. Um, so if I say that my faith at the time had a background of academia, of just studying something that was very tangible, um, that would be that would be absolutely correct. That would be the way that I, that I would describe it. But obviously, in, when you come to a situation like faith and belief, there is always, especially when it's a belief in God or anything that is transcendent, anything that is divine, whichever way one understands it, um, there is an element of, at some point, you have to believe the fact that there is a supernatural presence, something that is beyond nature, something that is beyond our ability to perceive it, and you have to make the conscious decision to believe in that power. In order to believe in God, you have to accept that God exists beyond the ability for us to perceive him, 
that his actions are inscrutable but also unperceptible we can see um we can see the effects of uh, i remember the story of um I'm quickly thinking of the story of moses on the mountain where um, he says to god that he wants to see his face and god tells him you cannot see my face but i will cover the cave and as i pass after i pass i will remove my hand and you will be able to see the back of my head and beyond all the other lessons that are might be um, encapsulated and there's just the simple lesson that we get to see the effects of the supernatural power of god we get to see what happens um, after god has had you know has done the things that he is going to do in the world but we don't get to see the the effects like primarily as they are happening That has been my background in belief. That has been my background in faith. I connected with God in a very academic way. I learned through um, studying a lot of different texts. Um, but I always, I always, and I, and this is, uh, I'm accepting this out loud for the first time. Um, I've always had an issue with believing about the, getting to a point where I could believe the entire supernatural aspect of belief except when it came to God. So I can believe in God. And, and I know that, and I'm going to speak as I used to believe at the time. I could believe in God, but I had issues um, believing in the effect of God's power on earth or how other people, that other people will be able to manifest it. So for the most part, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't affect my belief. It was something that was kind of there. And I accepted that there's a, there, you know, when it comes to, to believe in uh, supernatural power and it comes to believe in God, I think that there is always an element of struggling. Um, I think that pure belief, pure, like 100% embracing a belief, there are some people that are gifted and able to perceive that reality and they can do it. Most of us are going to be in the camp of people who are struggling. And we, I think that, which is part of the, po the the whole point of this of this podcast is that um, that that struggle is normal as we walk in faith, as we grow in our belief, and as we grow in our faith. I think that's normal. Um, it's okay to have doubts and still continue to have faith and belief. It's okay to have that that something that you continue to just kind of like uh, fight with in a way to wrestle and you know to use the, the name of the podcast there, um, and that's normal. So at the time I. I still believe that way. I certainly believe that way. So I, I was okay with having that particular struggle as I continued to have, to be a part of the community, to be a part of religion, to be a part of that faith and just kind of keep growing it. But it's something that kind of stayed in my mind. As I moved away from using books as my primary way of connecting, and I started to move more into the oral aspect. Um, I started to listen to a lot of um, recorded talks from other rabbis and eventually podcasts kind of came into the way. Um, I started to shift more into a more um, oral tradition kind of learning, which is, again, still very much within Judaism. That's how Judaism was originally preserved. From teachers to student, the, the knowledge will be passed on. It was eventually written down because it was we were at the point where we didn't want it to get lost. But... To have shifted into a more oral form, it gave me, um, started to pull me away from the, from having the book always in front of me, uh, from having that ta something tangible in front of me. I started to, you know, have belief and thinking and processing that was not so much based on a, on a physical thing in front of me that I could always have. Um, words, 
the idea of words um, feeding belief uh, started to enter into my into my lexicon, into my way of thinking, um, and this will be uh, important um, as we look further down in my in my story. As I said, it was it was something that I always struggle with, and I know that by the time that um, that my life took whatever turns it was going to take, and I was getting to a point where I was starting to kind of lose my my way in Judaism, we're just kind of starting to like transition out of it. I remember very clearly that this was one of the big struggles that I was having. This was one of the things because I had gotten to a point where I could not just kind of walk with it and have it be normal. I was having particular like issues with the fact that I was not finding a connection with this supernatural aspect of my belief. Judaism has a lot of rituals and they're not rituals just for the sake of being a ritual. Um, They're there to be connections between the physical and the supernatural, between what's in this world and what's in the heavenly realm. Um, When you say a particular prayer, when you put on your tefillin, when you put on your talit, when you make certain blessings, the idea of that is not just to have a physical uh, something that differentiates us, because those are kind of, in a way, like prescribed formulas that God has given us in a way that help connect supernatural energy into the natural world. They're conduits in a way. And I could not see them as such. And that's when, you know, for the longest time, I could just kind of tell myself that I was having issues with, you know, that it was normal to have that particular struggle as I walked in faith. But when, by the time that I, I, I was started to just have a crisis of faith, is because I could not ignore that I was still not feeling that. And I felt um, phony. Not just for myself in the terms that I was doing these things and still not having any feeling, but I also felt phony to God that I kept saying, you know, God, I I feel your connection, but I, I wasn't feeling it. I could still feel connected to God in the terms of, you know, how my conversation with God and everything, but not through the rituals. Um, and that's when I, you know, that kind of signaled to me one of the one of the ways in which I knew that I, my time with Judaism had kind of tapered down and come to an end, then I needed to transition into something else. My connection to God as an entity, as a greater power was still there, but certainly not through the ways that Judaism had taught me or, you know, kind of prescribing that particular connection to happen. As I went through my transitional period, um, I didn't really have to think about it anymore because I wasn't practicing anything. For for a few years after I um, left Judaism and I got divorced and I just kind of lived by myself for a bit, I didn't really have to think about it. Even though I was still, um, I started going to Jewish um, uh, synagogues or uh, congregations for a while while I was still living by myself, um, it was more because of the community than anything else. Um, I would kind of go through the to the through the prayers. Um, prayer has something has been something that always um, I find some sucker in. I, I certainly have you know a refuge in it. I, I continue to have struggles with my conversation with God, but certainly I know that when I have a conversation with God, it's you know we we listen to each other. But I knew that it wasn't the same kind of connection that I had felt at one point, and that was fine. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to uh, rekindle something. I was just kind of finding a refuge, finding peace in, in what I knew um, at a time when I was very, very lost. So um, as my story kind of continues, and as I started to make my way back into Christianity, I came, f- 
again, from a very academic background, I started to kind of read things. And now by this point, you know, I'm very, a lot more comfortable with having podcasts or any kind of like online media. So I added all those into my, into my repertoire, but uh, ultimately that it was all a way of connecting with God through uh, tangible things. However, listening became a big thing. I was listening to a lot of radio shows. I was listening to um, podcasts. Um, even when I would watch, sometimes I would put um, shows on, on, on the on the computer, or on the TV at home, but I, really I was just listening. Um, eventually I would be introduced to the idea that faith comes by listening, and that's something that I didn't know um, at the time. But the idea of the talk, the idea of the conversation, something that, that was that was coming to me from, uh, or the message, let's call it that, the idea of the message, um, started to to become more more prevalent in my life. By the time that I start to attend church, uh, I I went into not into a Catholic uh, church. I started attending a non-denominational um, Protestant Evangelical kind of uh kind of a, a place it wasn't um again it was non-denominational and but very much um a place of knowledge of of god through the trinity and especially about the holy spirit understanding god was easy for me god is god because you know the the creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, so on. I could certainly understand that. God, Jesus, the form of the Son, again, a little bit easier to understand. Um, it was a particular manifestation of God, uh, still God, but also separate, comes to earth, takes on human forms, you know, all human, all God. Okay, I know that there's a lot of um, metaphysical stuff in there to understand, but still very easy to understand God and the Son. God and the Son, the Father of the Son, are very. It's, it's a very easy to, concept to understand. It's the Holy Spirit that always gets me, the Holy Ghost, and I, I can. I'm, I'm very comfortable admitting right now that when I was younger, I did not get the whole Holy, the Holy Ghost thing. Um, is it a person? Is it a ghost? Is it a, a spirit? Um, how is it part of God? Uh, you know, it, it it was a hard. It was a. It's a hard. Is the hardest person of the Trinity to understand, in my opinion, and I don't think that I'm that I'm alone in that. So, as I start to attend um, Christian church, I start to run into situations where um, the power of the Holy Spirit is being invoked very vocally, very um, prominently. Again, understanding the Father and understanding the Son is not hard. It, there's another. There's a lot of theology to to tease out there and you know an eternity of 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 uh, thinking and discussion there to be had but it's not ultimately it's not a hard thing to understand but understanding that the holy spirit ooh that was hard and that was hard coming back into christianity um i could draw a parallel from my jewish experience um uh when the, i have heard many people uh refer to the shekhinah as what is the understanding or, you know, a form of the Holy Spirit? I'm not going to go in there. I, I just, I don't have the, I don't have the background to call it that there's, you know, one is the other, but I could understand the Shekhinah and I could certainly understand the Holy Spirit. So I could have a little bit of a 
parallel to kind of start grasping that, but I still don't understand the third person of the Trinity. However, the third person of the Trinity is extremely important when you are becoming a Christian, because it is through the process of accepting God, accepting Jesus in your heart, what happens at that time is that the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. So, we have a whole person of the Trinity that then becomes a part of you the moment that you accept Jesus in your heart, that you become, you know, accept the, the, the Trinity, that you accept, that you become saved, to, again, to use the parlance. So, now I have to deal with this brand new person of the Trinity or brand new entity that's within me that I still do not understand. And I'll be honest, this is now a few years, you know, that's been since maybe like four years at this point. I haven't done the math. Five years, maybe. I still don't fully understand. I know that I, I accept that I have the Holy Ghost in me, that when, in the moment that I, that I became saved, the Holy Ghost came and resides in me. And that I, that is the way that I connect in, to, to, the, to the whole Trinity. I still don't understand what that means. And one of the things that has happened as I've come from um, evangelical church to, you know, from church to church and all these evangelical places that I've been, they have all been something called spirit-led, which um, it's a, another brand new term that I had to learn, spirit-led. So what does that mean? Something that a church is spirit-led. To use it as a point of contrast, in Judaism, the prayer is, or, or the meeting, the prayer meetings, let's call it that, um, they're very structured. You arrive at a particular time, you do X prayer, then you do the next prayer, and you do the next prayer, and then you, you do the reading, and so on and so on. They're very structured. You follow a particular formula that has been laid down by the rabbis for centuries again. Um, and again, just using that as a point of contrast. When it comes to a spirit-led church, yes, there is some sort of, of uh, structure. Usually, they, you know, you have your worship, uh, which is the singing part. I'll get into the whole singing and worship thing in another episode. Um, but you have the worship part in the beginning, three to five songs. I don't know, maybe, and then eventually you have your announcements and you have your message and you know some sort of wrap up. Um, when you have a spirit-led church, that's that format isn't set in stone. There was a particular church that we attended for a while, and it was it was very, very youthful, very energetic, you know, um, great sound system, um, great stage, lights, you know, it's a very interesting experience. It's meant for new people to, to come in and have a place that, you know, kind of like gets them all fired up. And we went there for a little while. Um, eventually, we decided that it wasn't for us anymore, but that place had the formula down to a formula, I guess, just, you know, down pat, period. Always three songs, announcements for like two minutes, message for 30 minutes, out the door. There was no deviation. Boom, 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 boom. It works for them. I'm not saying anything against that. It works for them. It works for the people that go there. Wasn't for me, wasn't for my wife, but again, it certainly is for a lot of people. In contrast, a spirit-led place well, just, you know, maybe they'll start on a particular song and they'll go for three songs. But hey, maybe they're feeling that the spirit is telling them that they kind of need to go with this whole worship thing and they'll go. They'll just keep going. 
Maybe they'll do six songs, seven songs, or maybe one song will just turn into this whole like almost meditational, um, you know, just just music that kind of keeps going and people are just kind of praying by themselves. And and I've seen that. And it kind of threw me off at the beginning, you know, because it was like, wait, I thought that we were going to be, you know, where's the message? I tend to connect a lot more through the message because it, it speaks to my academic background. And that's exactly what happens. I was starting to have, that was my first um, foray into having a kind of a clash between what is the supernatural spirit-led belief and the academic um, belief, you know, kind of backed up belief. So my background is very much academic. I, I come to to understanding. I come to God through teaching, through teachers telling me a message, going into the text, talking to me about that text. That's what really connects me to God. However, here I am in these places that are very much spirit-led. The spirit is the what's really leading the service. It's the worship may actually be completely what takes over the entire service. It can happen. It has happened in some of the ones that I've seen where that connection that they are feeling with the spirit and that's what kind of drives the, you know, the service. And to me was kind of jarring because I, again, I was expecting a different kind of interaction and I had to learn that in these places that are spirit led, um, People who are leading that, they hear the Spirit talk to them. And what does that mean? Because that's something that I have never experienced. And then I, that's exactly the issue. I started to kind of think about that. What does it mean when they say the Spirit will talk to you? I, I struggle with that. Because up to this day, I don't know that I've ever heard the Spirit talk to me. I know that I have sort of conversations with God in my head when I'm praying. Um, and I think that I hear... a. a a conversation back and forth, or it might just be me having, you know, just kind of talking things out loud, but I kind of feel a connection. But however, the way that I've heard some people describe their conversations that they with God and the way that they say, I hear the spirit tone, the spirit told me to do X, Y, or C. Um, it sounds very much like they are hearing a voice and I'm not, I'm not here to discount anybody's experience of their belief. So I'm going to put that out there. I'm not saying anything. I am. If you tell me that you are hearing God in your mind, that you are hearing the spirit, I accept that as your experience. You know, I accept that period. That's not something that I have experienced. So I do not know what that feels like. However, attending spirit led uh, congregations has put me in contact with and put me in front of a lot of people that talk like this. And it makes me kind of wonder, it's like, is it me? Is there something that I'm missing? Is there something that I'm not connecting and, you know, I had to kind of accept that my walk is not their walk and their walk is not mine. So not to compare myself, but here I am, here I am talking about it because it's something that kind of like sticks in me, something that um, kind of makes me wonder what's, what's going on. Um, maybe I have heard the spirit and I just do not recognize it, but I don't think that anybody can have, can come and tell me and what it is, because obviously they cannot be in my head when I'm talking to God. They're not hearing what's going on in my mind. So they cannot tell me, oh, that thing that you're hearing right now, that, that is the spirit. And, you know, that's something that I have to learn to, to um, identify. And I don't know that I'm there yet, to be honest. Something that I'm still struggling with um, in a lot of these spirit-led places, 
people manifest the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm sure that you're, everybody might be familiar with some of them. Speaking in tongues. I think speaking in tongues is one of the big ones. Or, you know, a prophecy or sort of like having words from above. Um, I, I'm taking a deep, deep breath here because, once again, I want to honor and believe that other people's walk and their belief and their and their connection to God is different than mine. But I have a problem. I, I have uh, not a problem. It's, it's just I have a hard time believing in it. But that's me. That's on me. And that's really why I'm sharing it with you, because that's my struggle that I'm having. If somebody is telling me that they are speaking in tongues and I and I have heard this coming, you know, happen a few times around me. I don't know. I kind of raise my eyebrow, but I also don't want to say that they're making it up because, you know, that would be me deciding that their faith is, the, you know, is less or me deciding that they are quacks or anything like that. And that's completely not what I'm doing. It's also unfair. It's also not something that I'm equipped to do. Only God can do that. And I have to accept that maybe some of the people have a better connection or a different connection or a stronger connection or a more direct connection either way with God than I do. And that's fine because there are people who have a different connection than I do. And that's the whole point of having a community that we have different kinds of experiences, all of the, all of us together and, you know, for the same service. But here I am telling you about where my struggle, where my wrestling is in this subject. I, I have a physical way of connecting with God physical and I don't know if physical, but certainly I have a very tangible way of connecting with God through, through the talks, through teaching, through, um, books, through the lessons, through the message where there are other people who have a very supernatural way of connecting with God. And that's not me. In fact, I struggle with, I still to this day struggle with, um, the supernatural understanding of the, un, the understanding, the supernatural part of my belief. I do believe that there is a God above us, kind of encompasses all of us. However, I still have, um, I struggle with that some people may have access to that um, supernatural power. Recently, I changed uh, churches. We were going to a particular church for a while. And um, we're going to a different one right now. But this um, church that I was going to just prior to this one, um, let's say uh, mid to end of 2021-ish, um, this church had a couple of um, visiting evangelists come and talk to us at, um, at tent revivals, which is, again, these terms that I have grown up hearing from media. And here they were, you know, I was learning what they really meant in terms of like actual people um, applying them properly. But anyway, we had some tent revivals and we had these evangelists come and talk to us. And these were people who, um, were supposed to be, I'm struggling to how to phrase this because again, I don't want to come off disrespectful. These visiting evangelists were supposed to be people who were very much engaged with and very much displaying the powers and the gift of the Holy spirit in them. I accept that. Let me just say that I accept that these people have connections to God that I do not have um, access to. I'll say that. I saw them give their messages. 
I saw them engage in speaking in tongues and display some of the other um, gifts of the spirit, um, speak prophetic words over people, um, heal people through the power of um, laying on hands. And I will not lie to you in telling you that I left those services um, very confused because the message part of what they said, I could really grasp and understand. But everything else that I had seen, I was having uh, trouble digesting or like accepting or believing, to be honest. Um, it's irrelevant what I believe or not. The people around me, the people that were also visiting, the people that were um, seeing the same messages from the church um, certainly um, believed it. People did claim to have been healed by their touch. I wish that I had <laughs> I wish that I had been able to heal from things that I had, you know, things that I have going on at the time. But I also did not uh, put myself out there to walk up to them and say, heal me, because I felt that it would have been out in defiance as opposed to in belief. And then then we get into an issue where am I testing God? Am I testing them? And I don't want to, I, I wasn't ready for that, um, for that confrontation because that was not the point. I know that I, when I left that particular church and went to the one that we're attending at this moment, um, I was glad that where I am right now is spirit led. Um, and some people may certainly um, still uh, manifest gift of the spirit. Uh, I have heard various of the elders talk about it, but it's not as a um, fiery demonstration of, of those gifts as I was experiencing in the prior church. It gives me the ability to kind of ease into it and still um, struggle with my belief and my understanding and my where I am in my particular walk of faith while still being able to to go to this place and feel comfortable in it. I don't know that I have an answer for this. I really don't. And I don't know that that, that was the whole point of this. I don't know that, uh, that eventually we're going to get into anything. I know for a fact that this is an area that I have a lot of growth to do and a lot of development to do. And I'm actually glad that I continue to attend spirit-led places because I believe that that's the whole point of, of my growth. Um, I certainly have, uh, you know, experience and feel comfortable with messages and teaching and reading and having that particular academic, and I, I keep calling it academic, but just so you understand me where I'm coming from, the academic um, connection to God. That's, I got that. That's not a problem. My struggle, my wrestling, it's certainly with the spirit part of it. So being in places where I keep being exposed to this, where I am forced to continually have to confront it and think about it and really like, you know, search myself in order to, to get there is good. But I'm also glad that it's a place where I can also feel comfortable while this happens and not in a situation where it was a little bit too in my face that just, you know, kind of pushed me away. So, and I know that ultimately what I need to do what I absolutely need to do in order to reach this particular place is that I need to grow in my learning of this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost. Because 
that's where it all lies. Um, when Jesus returns to heaven, he says, I will send you a helper. And and that's the whole point of the Holy Ghost, to, to help us here on earth so that we can connect to, to the transcendental in order to bring the kingdom down. So, if I am a recipient of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit in me, through my act of accepting God into my heart and believing in Jesus the Messiah, as I did when I got saved, then I have to, I have a responsibility to eventually, you know, really come to terms with the fact that I have a person of the Trinity inside me and figure out how does this all work? You know, when, when I have conversations with God, it's not an external thing. It's actually an internal thing through the person of the Holy Ghost that is in me. But it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle to believe on, on this supernatural aspect of my faith that affects me on a very physical way. I have absolutely no problem, no doubt at all, believing in God's powers on earth. God is transcendental, supernatural, and acts on this world through ways that are to us miraculous, and that I have seen their effects after they have happened. I have experienced it in my life. I don't have a doubt about that. Judaism taught me that the age of miracles came to a close with the last of the prophets, Malachi. So for the longest time, I had that in my head that even though, yes, at some point there were open miracles and direct connection to God through prophets, that time came to an end, came to a close with Malachi, and now we're waiting for the Messiah to arrive. So when I come into Christianity and then I get to then jump into the Gospels, obviously Jesus comes to earth and displays an amazing amount of power. Um, there are other prophets around him. Eventually the apostles go and also display the power of God through through miraculous acts. Certainly there's, you know, miracles come back into the world. But again, that's hundreds of years ago, a couple of thousand years ago, not now. So I, I still have issues. I still have a um, hard time accepting that there are people who claim to have miraculous powers that are derived from the Spirit. I'm not saying that they are wrong. I want to lay that very clear because this is not about calling people liars. This is not about calling people um, quacks or anything like that. I'm not. I absolutely am not. If somebody tells me that they are displaying the power of the Spirit, I believe them. I do not know what that means to me. It's not something that I have experienced, and I admittedly still struggle with it. And I know that I'm not the only one, which is, I guess, why I'm doing this show today. Because I know for a fact that this is a struggling point. This is one of those big areas where some of us wrestle in our belief in God and everything that God gives to us. And that's okay. I want to normalize that it is okay to struggle with your belief in the supernatural aspect of God on earth through the Holy Spirit and still believe it. We are people. I say this again. We are physical beings trying to understand a transcendental divine power. 
there is going to be struggling along the way. And there are blessed people who just are able to grasp it, are able to jump into it with full faith, and I admire them. But I'm not one of them. And I know that a lot of people are not. Most of us are not, to be honest. So it's okay to have these doubts. It's okay to have to struggle. It's okay to think out loud about all these things and still accept them. Will I eventually get there? I don't know. I hope so. I really do. I know that I need to grow in my understanding of the Holy Spirit. I need to understand better what this person of the Trinity is, what they do in me, what is my relationship to them, and how that manifests the power of God to the world. I mean, maybe there's a part of me that hopes that one day I will, I will manifest something um, and kind of feel, um, learn about it. But I know that up, up until when that happens, um, I'm going to keep struggling. So I want to say that if you are someone who is struggling like me with the powers of the Spirit in your life and others around you in your church on how they manifest them, and you're still having um, a struggling understanding that even sometimes believing that it is, you know, please know that you're not alone. Please know that this is okay. Just keep growing in it. Keep researching. Keep um, digging into it. Keep praying about it. Um, maybe we'll, we'll all um, talk together at some point one day and we can figure out what the power of the of the Holy Spirit in us is that manifests these powers in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wrestling with the Angel podcast. Um, certainly one where I address one of the biggest um, struggles that I've had in my in my belief, in my walk of faith, in putting myself out there, actually. I don't know that I've really said this to a lot of people, but that's the whole point of the show, to be able to share these struggles, these doubts, and still, um, while still very much being a person of faith, of being a person who believes in, in the supernatural, who believes in, in the power of, of a transcendent God. Um, I hope that there's something here for you, that you heard something here that makes you continue that, that walk of faith, even if, you are, if you, you're struggling with some aspect of it, because, it, again, we're physical beings struggling with a, a divine um, power. So it's, uh, it's normal for there to be that, that struggle. So uh, once again, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Wrestling with the Angel podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wrestling with the Angel podcast. Be sure to subscribe over at anchor.fm slash wrestling with the angel, all one word, or on your favorite podcatcher, where you can also leave a review. Head over to 5ypmedia.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and find show notes and links. Wrestling with the Angel is a production of 5YP Media and is copyright 2022 5YP LLC. Until the next time.